Speaker PJ. <laughs> so it's got like a smokestack on it. <laughs> I think. So any questions tonight? Yes. Um, so looking at the fifth verse of the Shikshastakam, um, I th- was reading it as first Mahaprabhu says, I see myself as a servant of Krishna, Nandatanuja, Kinkaram. And then he asks, will you please consider me a particle of dust at your lotus feet? Um, so it seems like he was asking, will you please consider me your servant? Like, I consider myself your servant. Will you consider me your servant? Uh-huh. And I was wondering if that's a correct reading, and if so, when um, Krishna sees us as his servant, versus us seeing uh, us as his servant. Seeing ourselves as his servant. Whether he, when does he see us as his servant, as opposed to us seeing... Well, this is the high verse of Shikshastakam, where, um, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur has explained, the stage of Asakti, which is the final uh, stage of Sadhana Bhakti, is um, experienced. So, uh, very beautifully, Bhaktivinoda Thakur has sung, composed and sung a song um, that serves as an interesting explanation of this uh, verse and this, and this stage. Asakti means her attachment. So it's attachment to the object of love. As he's appearing, beginning to appear, in the heart of the sadaka, uh, through the lens of the ruchi, the prior stage, the taste, that... Um, arises in the devotee that is kind of the the uh, early uh, expression manifestation of the the bhava that is to come in um, the next division <laughs> from stage to division from sadhana bhakti to bhava bhakti so ruchi and asakti they're their last stages in sadhana bhakti, and their um, their um, um, described as m- more of as more of a um, manifestation of something positive, a decorating of the heart, as opposed to a clearing of the heart of negativity. Hmm? That uh, doesn't leave much room for the for the decorating, if you will. Um, so I want to say that ruchi and asakti are stages of sadhana bhakti that are leaning more in the direction of that which bhava bhakti is characterized by, which is a longing. Hmm? Um, there's an absence of material. Desire, there is attachment to bhakti, and in the context of this, of this attachment to bhakti, 
comes attachment to the object of bhakti. And that object of bhakti it corresponds with the attachment to bhakti. They have to have some correspondence. So, so there's some specificity to the taste, if you will, in ruchi that has a corresponding object of love that appears. In asakti, in a budding sense, in flowers, if you will, in, uh, in bhava bhakti. So we were talking a little bit about, relative to the question last night, about the different bhavas of Braj and so forth. And of course, we, as we're influenced by, by Sadhu Sangha, then this is the seed of, of Rati or Bhava. So there's, when we speak of the taste, and we speak of attachment to bhakti and attachment to the object of bhakti, we're speaking of something more, Specific rather than generic. So attachment to Krishna, a taste for bhakti of a certain type. Hmm? Um, and it's not fleeting either. Hmm? So, um, at any rate, bhakti Vinodhakur, well, we're saying, well, something, speaking about something very high, he wrote a song about asakti, uh, which, in which he sings anadi karma hole bhavanar, Anadi karma fali Jale something I forget, but he he speaks about um, a material attachment and all the problems with it, the identity that arises out of it, and so on and so forth. This is the exact opposite of that. So he's speaking about it in a negative way, and uh, and it's helpful in a sense that because the word attachment is is um, in one sense it's something that we we want to uh, overcome and in another sense it's something we want to attain the sanskrit for the for uh detachment or yeah detachment is bairagya the um uh, uh sri anandi in his commentary uh, on prabodananda saraswati's um chan Chandradaya, Chetan, what is his, what is his book? Chaitanya Chandramrita makes a comment that Vairagya means Vai, Vai means here uh, like specific, uh, and Rag means attachment. <laughs> so his Vairagya, which means detachment, he says, in Gaudiya, Sampradaya means a specific type of attachment. Hmm? Attachment to Krishna in a particular way, and, and so forth. Hmm? Um, so, anyway, it has nothing to do with material attachment, except for the fact that attachment gives rise to an identity. Hmm? Once um, Prabhupada said, maybe wrote it, consciousness is the platform of attachment. Maybe you remember that from hearing, reading his books. Um, so the Tasta Shakti, the Jiva, when in a material environment, develops attachment to what's out there, so to speak, his perception of whatever matter is driven by the observer itself, hmm? as it's understood in uh, Vedanta, um, he develops, she develops a personality and identity in relation to those attachments. I've often said, 
our my there to to which uh, to our my sense of my there's a corresponding i hmm. so the false i is formed if you will in many respects out of our attachments in other words i like this and i don't like that hmm. these are my attachments and that's who i am right who is he? He's this guy. He doesn't do this. He does that. He likes that. He likes to live over there. He likes to wear these clothes. <laughs> so this is a, a, a false identity because, because, of course, nothing is ours. And our likes and dislikes can change very rapidly. Hmm? Um, as the body itself, the senses change, the mind can change, and so forth. So it's a very fleeting identity, but it's nonetheless born out of attachment. So in a similar sense... When this stage of, in sadhana of asakti is reached, the last stage of sadhana, there's attachment for Krishna in a particular way, arising out of the ruchi, which again is born from sadhusanga. And is, it, it, it's not that the swarup shakti of Krishna, the internal energy of Krishna, only appears in bhava bhakti. Bhakti itself is made, constituted of swarup shakti, so we're in touch with the swarup shakti. And it, in bhava bhakti, it, 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 the ingress of this Sarup Shakti is, is significant. Hmm? And to the extent that the emotional aspect of bhakti, bhakti proper, so to speak, is now manifest. Whereas in sadhana bhakti, it's more characterized by going through the motions, if you will, described by Rupa Goswami as doing bhakti with the senses. Even though it said, Atashri Krishna Namani Nabhavad Grahimindri. You cannot know Krishna with the senses. <laughs> but if you put bhakti on the senses, well, then there's a transformation that takes place. But we do bhakti because uh, we are inspired by others who are doing and so on and so what we've heard and, and, and so forth. But in bhava bhakti, the same activities of hearing and chanting are arising out of spiritual emotion. Hmm? So... These these two aspects of the anushilanam, the ongoing culture of bhakti, active and inactive or emotive, we can call it, external and internal. So these higher stages of sadhana, however, are more bhava-like in that, well, material um, attachments are gone. Nadanam, Mahaprabhu says, Nadanam, Nasundarim, Kavitamba. I don't want anything. I don't. Uh, China. China. I don't want anything. Hmm. <laughs> but he says, I want bhakti. Hmm. Mama, and I don't even. Mama Janmani Janmanishwari, Bhavatad bhakti rohitakiti tui I'm not even concerned with mukti. Hmm. I don't want anything. I don't even want mukti. I just want bhakti. Um, uh, and as that thickens, then the object of one's bhakti comes into view, so to speak, and attachment. And and what's happening is an identity is forming, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the sprout of that is what we call bhava bhakti. And then that identity is ongoing internally, cultured and so on and so forth, but it, but it, but it has its beginnings in sadhusanga, hmm? in a seed form, 
and in the subsequent practice and ideal and so forth. I want to be attain Vrindavan, follow in the footsteps of my Guru Maharaj, so forth, like this. So, Asakti, um, just a, 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 say a few words about that. And your question is about about the Vera Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, he is uh, Krishna seeking to experience himself from Radha's perspective. So the bhava of Radha or Gopi Bhava. Hmm? So he says, Ayinanda Tanuja, King Karam. Hmm? So this is this is the early then from uh, looking at it from the stages of bhakti, beginning of having a particular taste and a corresponding object of love. So Krishna will peer through the lens. It's just like in many um, today, uh, well, in recent times, the last couple decades or so, there, there have been a number of, there are a number of movies with a postmodern kind of drift with it. Postmodernism is, is so much uh, philosophically about subjectivity. Hmm almost that there is no objective reality, it's only subjective, whatever. So there's just so many ways to look at it. It tried to displace the objectivity of empiricism and science and so forth. And and, and so, so anyway, there are, there are a number of movies that that will just play out a story and the main theme of the drama or the movie, is to just look at it from different perspectives. How the mother looked at it, how the son looked at it, how the other guy looked at it. I thought about doing a movie once about how all the guys who are in the collateral damage, or the collateral damage of the hero's great accomplishment, <laughs> all they got, the elevator guy that got killed, the other guy that you know, was going to work and his car got bumped off the bridge, and then, you know, then go back and look at all those people, or something like that. <laughs> at any rate, uh, this, it's popular to uh, you know, in, in in the film industry and whatnot, in literature and the arts to you know do this to some extent. Look at the, the different vantage points and perspectives. So the drama of Krishna Leela, of course, there are different. It's one drama, but there are different perspectives. There's the Dasyarasa perspective. There's the Sakyarasa perspective, and different types. As we were speaking. Last night of Sakya Rasa, there's the Madhurya Rasa perspective, the Vatsalya Rasa perspective, different types of Madhurya Rasa and so forth. So they're all seeing Krishna slightly differently. Same things going on and uh, there's different subjective um, um, perspectives. <clears throat> you follow? Right. So, so coming into Asakti, now you're coming into a, you're, you're, you're coming into a certain perspective and seeing through a certain certain lens. So certain qualities of Krishna are going to stand out. Now in my book I'm writing about the different qualities of Krishna that uh, Rupa Goswami highlights as those that stand out to those in Sakyaras. He doesn't say why, but I'm uh, pursuing that and explaining that, why they stand out in particular. Uh, for example, Malinambara, Krishna's uh, the, the strength, they're the ones that see it. Hmm more than anybody else. It also stands, this is one of his qualities, he's strong, stronger than the strong, strongest of the strong, the best of the strong. Of course, in in experiencing his strength, it's particular to them, 
It stands out to them also because it's something that they question. Hmm? How strong are you anyway? <laughs> this is the you know kind of the the perspective, hmm? and uh, and uh, the, the, so they, it's, it's it's an issue, right? Hmm? Yeah. Actually, they're all as strong as him, hmm? but Lila Shakti comes in the context of the drama, and and. Uh, doesn't allow their strength to express itself, by which they could easily kill Bacchus or Agus or any of the Kams himself. It's just, it, it, these are extraordinary, extraordinary uh, beings, right? Hmm? Just to be with Krishna. But the mood, the spirit, the bhava of it is that they're friends. And of course, he's strong, yeah, amongst all of us who are strong. So he's the best of the strong. Hmm? We're all strong. This is the nature of the 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 the, 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 the Sakyabhav. So, for the classic example, of course, is who's lifting the Govardhan hill, right? Hmm? Krishna's lifting with his little finger, but they're all there with their sticks and thinking, you know, you better help out here. You know, it's a pretty big hill. And so, so his strength is an issue. It's not an issue. The qualities of Krishna. They, the, some of them are qualities that speak about his majesty that Rupa Goswami is given. He's given 64 qualities. And then in the context of speaking about the 64 qualities, he also quotes from Bhagavatam, where Bhumi speaks about uh, the earth, personified, hmm? 39 or 40 some qualities, other qualities. So, uh, and then there are other qualities that he also highlights, hmm? That he doesn't, they aren't listed amongst the 64. And in Hari Bhakti Vilas, Sanjana Goswami says they're unlimited, the qualities of Krishna. But he selected certain ones and he'd given examples of them in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Hmm? Um, so, anyway, so, uh, uh, this is then the specificity, right? The lens, the subjective lens through which in a particular Baba one starts to, it's not that those are the only qualities that stand out, but that they stand out for particular reasons, relative well, relative to to the sentiment, and the cowardly expressing itself as it does, um, um, prominently separate from everybody else. Right in the forest, all the lungs of certain qualities are going to stand out more there, and then the strength is is uh, one of them, his ability to speak the language of the animals and the birds and the plants and everything, would be, uh, for example, um, um, another. Hmm. Um, but it's interesting, the strength, as I say, because as I say they could they could kill any demon, but the Leela Shakti or any Krishna do it, they glorify him pretty good. He did a pretty good job. And But, you know, if I wrestle you, then... Uh, as, uh, um, Sridham is pretty convinced that he, he can win. And of course, he will win and pin Krishna to the ground. Hmm? And then Krishna will say, I won, I won. <laughs> and Sridham said, what do you mean? He said, well, my nose was pointing up. Yours was pointing down. <laughs> Therefore, you're the loser. <laughs> so. <laughs> so his strength is a point, right? Of con- a focus, but in a peculiar, peculiar way. I was saying that, the, that some of the qualities represent his majesty, his power, his extraordinary power, and some his humanness. So here's one that could go either way, right? 
It can represent his majesty, his power. He did this. He lifted the Govardhan hill. Hmm? But the cowherds turn it into a madhurya, a sweet uh, quality, a human-like quality, and, and bring it into question and, and c- compare, uh, arm wrestle, you know, that's uh, one of their pastimes. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, all this is just to say that um, there's a particular focus, right? A particular perspective, subjective perspective through which we, the different devotees, view Krishna and Asakti, this object starts to come into view, corresponding with the taste, and, and then it turns, thickens into, into bhava-bhakti itself. And that identity, hmm, first is attachment to bhakti in a particular way, then the corresponding object of bhakti, attachment, and what's going to happen when you're attached to a particular perspective on Krishna that's coming into view? An identity is going to arise out of it. Just as I said, materially speaking, there's an identity that arises out of our material attachment. So you have these two environments, as I've explained on the many occasions, the material environment, maya shakti, and the spiritual environment, hmm? sarup shakti. And bhakti is the essence of that sarup shakti. It's making that world, that environment of Krishna Leela go around. It's making the one who's everywhere move, right? Hmm? And dance. What is its power? Very extraordinary. So as we come more and more under its influence and to the point now where we're attached, we've gotten a taste, the seed that has been planted is starting to take shape in the form of a taste and then then attachment to that taste for bhakti and attachment to the corresponding object of bhakti as he comes into view and then a personality arises. That's that's you. So then that's cultivated. It's kind of a longing in Bhava Bhakti to step into that personality. Hmm? This is very high. Hmm? You should understand the theory. It's very high um, stages of Bhakti. Hmm? But Mahaprabhu Chaitanya Devi represents this in a Shikshastakam, as you say, with the fifth verse. He says, "Ayi Nanda Tanuja Kingaram." So. He, 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 when he says, Ayi Nanda Tanuja Kinkaram, uh, I want to be uh, his servant, Ayi uh, Nanda Tanuja. Nanda Tanuja means the, the, the son who's born from the Tanu, uh, Ja, born from the uh, Tanu of Nanda. Hmm. I mean, he's the son of bliss, it means. He's, but he means the son of Nanda Maharaj in the context of, of Leela. Ayi Nanda Tanuja Kingaram Patitam Am Vishamebabamadu. So, this is your question about the second line that he says. So, um, understanding Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Baba, I mean, he does say Kingaram, which means servant, so it's kind of generic hmm? in a sense. He could have said, Ayi Nanda Tanuja Kingari. Which would be the feminine, uh, but understanding what it is that Mahaprabhu was pursuing, we can understand that he's coming in now the vicinity, uh, to setting an example of this at any rate, of the bhava that he appeared to to taste, and when a young girl wants to marry a young boy in the Vedic culture, and when the marriage takes place, what happens? She moves into the house of of his father, his family. Becomes a, an assistant there, 
becomes a maid servant there. Hmm. So uh, she mentions Krishna in relation to Nanda. He does. He, she, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <laughs> mentions mentions Krishna, describes Krishna in relation to Nanda Maharaj. So in a way, he's saying, "I want to move into the house of Nanda Maharaj and be a, a servant therein." Hmm. It's not like when Krishna's friends sleep over, they become servants in the house. But if you marry Krishna, that's a, then they become a maid servant in the house. They want to marry, but that's part of the parakya. Of course, they don't. They can't. There's a desire to marry, but there is a um, hurdle, an obstruction to that, which is kept in place by Purnamasi, by the Yogamaya, so that the parakya can... Baba can can eternally manifest, but but just understand it properly. But the desire they, they all want to marry. They don't desire parakya. They desire to marry Krishna, but there's obstacles are provided so that they can't, and they can taste the rich, richness and the fullness of parakya, which is what they, which is when which we can see when she had the opportunity to marry Krishna. Radha had the opportunity to marry Krishna at Kurukshetra. He said, well, you could, you know, more or less, you could come back with me to Dwarka, you know. And, and she says, no, she's not going to do that. Gopal Champu, she's, uh, she cites the verse that, um, hmm, from um, the secular author of Vishwanath, what is his book on Rasa? Um, I forget the name now, but um, the same verse that Mahaprabhu chanted in the Ratha Yatra. Hmm. Oh, when will I return? See the banks of the Jamuna under the Vedasi, Jamuna under the Vedasi tree. It's what it is. It's a longing for Parakya in the midst of the opportunity to marry Krishna. Hmm. Of course, enter into the into the palace, the big city, and so on and so forth. She rejects it. No, no. So, just some technical. Points they want parakia, but in the context of, in order to attain a parakia, they have to want to be married <laughs> to Krishna. They already, and then of course they're married to somebody else. It appears, and they're longing to be with Krishna. So she has the Mahabhu has this longing. I want to become a maid servant in the house of of Nanda Maharaj. So he, uh, and then, then, so your question is, Ayi Nanda Tanuja King Karam Patita Maam Bishame Um What does he say? That uh, I want to be a particle of dust? Yeah, um, hmm. please consider me a, a dust particle. Yeah, so I'm not sure what your question is, because really what he's saying there is, it's just kind of a re-emphasizing what he's saying in the first Line. I want to be, you know, a maid servant in the house of Nandamaraj. Just consider me like a particle of dust there. Hmm? Uh, I would be fortunate to be there in that, in that capacity. You can look at me as such. And so it's, 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 uh, it's very instructive, um, <laughs> because, um, the actual, uh, feelings, uh, for Krishna as they arise, in the sadaka are extremely um, humbling and almost Im- almost embarrassing that the, f- the fortune that uh, uh, one is one, one is experiencing which cause one to weep and hide 
not to go out and boast and and uh, bring attention to themselves. Hmm? So uh, I think that you can look at this second line along those lines, hmm? if you will. I want there's the one side I I I, I want to be you know your maidservant, and this is how I feel about that. It's just as it's I would. In fact, just a particle of dust would be uh, consider me as such. Do with me as you like. Hmm? Would be sufficient. Something like that. No, not quite. I mean, I, I don't want to be a particle of dust. I do want to be the maidservant, but but um, there's some sensibility there of the of the of the, of the great fortune and so forth that uh, that uh, is experienced. Um, and so you know this humility that uh, it carries through in bhakti from the early stages all the way through to the end. And in the end, in Prem, Sanatana Goswami said that the humility fosters bhakti. Bhakti fosters humility to the extent that they become practically one and the same. Hmm? So he he is it's kind of a carrying now of that early ideas of humility described earlier in Shikshastakam, beginning stages. Anishta, uh, anishta, anishta, and so forth, and now carrying into bhava bhakti um, as well. <clears throat> so let's have a look at those um, those two lines. I would consider it great myself greatly fortunate to become a maidservant in the house of Nandamrashis. I mean, he's entering into bhava bhakti. I mean, it's just the whole material world is, is now over. It's over. Oh, you can imagine how overwhelming the experience is. It's ended. It's, it's for all intents and purposes. It's ended. You can see it. It's experiencing that. And that's enough to cause one to weep. But to speak of the positive fortune prospect that's come before him hmm, at the time. Hmm. So even the longing of Mahaprabhu is as beginning there and so forth, and in the later verses as well, the final verse is such intense longing. It's filled with uh, sensibilities that are very uh, pertinent and uh, to and helpful to the sadaka. Hmm? Um, I mean, I mean, what I'm distinguishing here is, if you will, is this: there's an idea that I'm the friend of Krishna, I'm the lover of Krishna, I'm the servant of Radha, I'm somebody, I'm. It's an enjoying, you know, kind of. It, it, really, it, it's a service, selfless. It's the extreme of selflessness and service, and and uh, filled with uh, uh, qualities such as humility and. Uh, uh, would speak of gratitude and good fortune, even when it expresses it sometimes relative to the Leela in, in in ways that might appear otherwise. Radharani put, may put her, push herself forward and so forth at certain points. Uh, of course, she knows only I can serve him the best at this time. So if you look carefully at it, under not, underneath it all is a serving, serving attitude. And so I think that he's underscoring that there. Well, there's the two things. Uh, it's a pretty bold statement. I want to be, you know, maidservant in the house of Nanda Maharaj. And uh, you really, to really feel that way and be able to say that with attachment, hmm, that 
that is characterized in one sense, as I was saying earlier by Bhakti Vinod in his song, as having no material attachment hmm, whatsoever. That's very considerable spiritual um, progress that at the same time one has it carries with it no no pride of accomplishment hmm? it's a bold statement hmm? but there's a, there's a very um, uh, generous kind of uh, and deep uh, humility and a sense of good fortune that underlies it so I think in the second line he's underscoring that if you will is that it's a little different than maybe than you were thinking about it but uh, yeah yeah, a little bit. I, um, I did, yeah, I didn't see it as a longing. That was just kind of a. Um, I guess I, when I was looking at it, I was just looking at the translation. Um, just kind of like I never too new to kinkaram. Patitam mam vishame babambudo. Yeah, which I think in your success, it's. Um, Oh, son of Nanda, I'm your servant, fallen into Maya's frightful sea. Please consider me a dust particle. Um, but, yeah, it makes more sense seeing it as like... It's these two kind of, kind of what appear to be conflicting. I'm nothing, but... This is what... But, so if you're nothing, how can you ask for that? <laughs> if you're feeling like you're just... Uh, you're completely dependent, then, then you think, well, I'll just take whatever I can get, you know, something like that. But but at the same time, there's this... I want this. And this is kind of the desiring arising out of appropriate... Uh, at an appropriate time to use the language of Bhakti Siddhanta uh, based on deserving... Hmm? In other words, I've got an example before. If you want to go to India, you know, then that's a good idea. Great. But then uh, if you ask me about it, what's it like? I want to go. So I say, well, have you got a ticket? And No, have you got any money? No. And, well, why don't you get those things and then come back and, and we'll talk about it, something like that. So get a few things in place and then I'll take tea. When I was younger, um, your age, then I was uh, very uh, much involved in distributing Prabhupada's books. And in uh, his mission, and different, uh, often devotees would come and say, uh, uh, Tribari, uh, you know, will you teach me how to distribute books? And uh, I would ask them, you know, are you chanting all year rounds? What time do you get up in the morning? You know, no, I want to distribute the books, you know. <laughs> and that's how I would reply to them like that, because I knew it took a lot of spiritual strength and discipline and, and so forth, and, and uh, that our success in the field the way we conducted ourselves in the public was very much dependent upon on our inner uh, culture and so forth. And so our program for selling the books was very much focused on on, a, on spiritual practice. So I didn't take everybody seriously who wanted to, some of them wanted to be famous and whatever, you know. It was a, they, they, they didn't, uh, weren't prepared to do what, what I thought was necessary to, for them to be successful in, in a field where there's no spiritual support and to push back, if you will, on the material environment, you have to have some spiritual strength. So just an example that comes to mind hmm, of uh, the, uh, how to explain the statement of Bhakti Siddhanta, first deserve, then desire. Obviously there's some overlapping, right? 
so that you can des- you can desire a little bit because you have some understanding. You've taken the time to understand the theory, at least. Uh, you, you don't have a lazy lazy intelligence. You listen to the class. You studied. You learned some terms. You you, know, you you find it interesting, so forth. So uh, some some deserving is there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably just I've written all these books and uh, and uh, expected that uh, then we were we were reading them uh, when I was first um, when um, my God brother Ramasar first wrote to Prophet about how many books he's selling you know at this time and it was very he he, he was very much like that um, wanted to um, glorify other devotees and so forth so. He wrote to Prabhupada, and Prabhupada wrote back, very nice that Tripari Das is selling so many books, and and a typed letter, and in the end afterwards he said with an asterisk in his own handwriting, make sure he's reading the books also. <laughs> I was, but I also took that into further to heart, underscored my own sensibilities. Yeah. In your answer you described how... Um, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was singing a verse from the Ras Shastra. Is that the same one that um, Rupa Goswami used, and was he inspired to use it? Because uh, Mahaprabhu began to sing a song from Kavya Prakash. That's the book. Mm-hmm. Kavya Prakash is written by uh, a, a person of, uh, named um, Vishwanath, not Vishwanath Chakrabhitakura. It's a secular book. About drama, the arts, mm-hmm. poetic, uh, dramatic sensibilities, and so forth. And you, you know that Rupa Goswami took that aesthetic uh, theory of Bharat and others, Vishwanath is a later one, and used that to uh, terminology to explain the world of Krishna Leela. All these terms, Stai Bhav, this Bhav, that Bhav. Um, in one sense, they're coming from there. In another sense, Bharat's work and Vishwanath's work is all a vitiated form of the original bhakti rasa. Hmm. That's the better way to perhaps look at it. But at any rate, um, in the Rathiyatra, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Puri began singing this song from Kavi Prakash, which is the lament of a lover for her beloved to return to the scene of their rendezvous. Hmm? It's a, a, it's a parakia uh, sentiment. But um, uh, obviously some uh, worshippers of Jagannath, saintly people and religious people might have been not been not quite understood it. Uh, all of a sudden, this guy, this young sannyasi, he's 24 years old, is causing a big scene in Puri. The king has become one of his followers, and the king's guru, and so forth. And and uh, he's weeping all the time and passing out. And now he's singing secular songs about um, um, eloping. <laughs> So, so uh, Rupa Goswami then compa- composed a verse or two explaining the verse and tying it to the Vrindavan Bhav and Parakya Bhav of uh, Radha and Krishna. So, yes, that was what you're asking about, right? Well, I was wondering if Rupa Goswami was inspired to use those books 
to describe Bhakti Rasa because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Um, I think that he was um, already um, by the time Rupa Goswami came to Puri, he had already been instructed considerably by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at, at um, um, Prayag. Hmm. Um, so, what else? Another question. I was wondering if you could tell us about your bracelet there. I got it from a lady in San Francisco. I thought it was nice, so I accepted it. Yes, it is. It's it's a Krishna Balaram bracelet. Yes, it's a Krishna Balaram. It's very powerful. It reminds me of Krishna Balaram all the time. Mm-hmm. Won't let me forget. So, what else? Yes. Um, I was reading in um, Tribhuvajiva Goswami's Gopal uh, Champu, and he's dis- when he's describing um, the birth ceremony of, of Lord Krishna and all the people that have come. And mm. And um, and Krishna's still in with Mother Jasoda, and then finally Nanda Maharaj comes, and then other people get to come in and see the baby. And uh, Jiva Goswami says his eyes are like blue lotus buds placed within expanded white lotus flowers. Placed within expanded white lotus flowers? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Sometimes gopis are also described as blue-eyed, which is pretty peculiar for Indian. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But they're not limited to blue and brown, like most of us. A little green, I guess, too. But so, yeah. What else? Yes. Um, I met another devotee when Avadut Maharaj was giving a talk last weekend. And I just had served him lunch or prasadam. And he was like, oh wow, thank you. So it's a servant of the servant of the servant. Then it got me thinking, would that be, I'm serving him, his Guru Maharaj is Avadut Maharaj, so that would be then serving Avadut Maharaj, who then in turn is serving Prabhupada and all the way up to Krishna? Or is that too far to take it? Would it be just, I'm serving, let's say, Sumati and, you know, the servant of Sumati and would go up to Krishna or would go to Radha or would be like Krishna Balaram if that's where you would want like if that's, because I kind of feel more towards Krishna Balaram. Yeah, fine. So would that be more... That'd be more of being a servant of Radha or more being a servant of Balaram? Both. Yeah. Uh, um, but it, it's works something like this. Once Sridhar Maharaj told me, he said, our position is the fifth position. First there's Krishna. Okay. Then there is the Vaishnava. Okay. Then there is the servant of the Vaishnava. Okay. Then there is the servant of the servant of the Vaishnava. And then, then there's us. Okay. 
And that sounds rather uh, indirect. But then he said, but in Vaishnavism, indirect is direct. Hmm. So the more we place ourselves in a serving position, which seems to distance ourselves, the more, the closer we become. Hmm? Okay. You understand? Hmm? So, um, once I went to see Prabhupada, and he arrived in San Francisco for the Radha Yatra, and um, I went up into this room with the GBCs and sannyasis, and I wasn't a sannyasi or a GBC, and they were, but I just went anyway because he's my guru, and I went there. And then we all sat down, and uh, and everyone was quiet. And Prabhupada turned to me, and he said, "So, how are you? And what's how was your service?" They all looked at me like he's not even supposed to be here. <laughs> what to speak of asking him for? And we got all these important things from our zones. We got all this, you know, to tell the stories of what's happening there. He, he ignored all of them, and then um, he asked me, <laughs> and so and I was. You know, I'm always in the field serving. So, but, you know. uh, and then, uh, then he said, "Where's Jayananda?" Mm. And he knew where Jayananda was. Jayananda was the one who would build the Rathiyatra cards, and so this was every year a marathon for him. There's no time to go and get Prabhupada's personal association. He was out there with wrenches and hammers and making sure that the thing wasn't going to fall apart on the, you know. On the on the uh, during the procession and so forth, and so uh, then they said, "Oh, Prabhupada, he you know he's 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 working constantly. You know he's been up all night, and isn't like Prabhupada didn't know that." <laughs> and so I felt he was you know kind of making a point, like you know story of Krishna and Brahma comes to see him in Dwarka and he wants to get in, and an attendant says, "Well, he's busy right now." I said, "Well, tell him Brahma's here." I mean, like I got him in the I mean, the, the whole universe. I'm, you know, managing for him, the world. I man, let him know that it's Brahma that's here. So then Brahma, then uh, Krishna was told, and Krishna said, "Ask him which Brahma he is." So the servant says, "Krishna wants to know. You can come, but first he wants to know which Brahma are you." He says, "What do you mean, which Brahma? I'm the four-headed Brahma." So okay. And then Krishna manifest. Then, then Krishna called all the Brahmas and all the universes, and with hundreds of heads or millions of. Heads. And then Brahma said, "Whoa! I said, I see how insignificant. It's a little bit different, but he was kind of, kind of bringing them down to earth, if you will. But more than that, the point is that uh, let's take, use the example of Jayananda. He was with Prabhupada, you know, in the serving consciousness, if you will, without having to be personally." Uh, present. If we have opportunity for a personal association, obviously we we take that, but we don't abuse that to to enjoy that, if you will. And when when other service might um, take precedence, then we have to make that determination. So, at any rate, um, not sure about your question, but you know, we tend to want to serve all the Vaishnavas, and uh, and uh, and um, uh, the. Uh, uh, with regard to Krishna, Balaram, or Radha, friends of Krishna like Subal, they're also servants of Radha and Krishna and Balaram. So she's certainly in the picture. Does that help? Yes. When, when uh, I've listened very 
carefully to whenever you've spoken about the different sampradayas and how they, the different sampradayas have sort of a different flavor yeah. to their understanding of rasa and how they meditate, you know, like that, and how, how they want to see themselves in spiritual emotion. In my friendship with um, one Brahman who uh, is a Mishri Sampradaya, and you know, I love to learn and question. So, in these talks, and he and he had said, he he had said that that uh, they that they leave it up to Krishna that the prayer that you know they they're praying that the, however you want me to serve you, however you you will have me serve you, this is you know without in other words instead of meditating like you know on particular, you know, rasa with, with Krishna and wishing to enter into that. So meditating on that and trying to see oneself in that position. So if that's like a how when the Vaishnava of the Sri Sampradaya would begin to, you know, attain this higher emotion, which I, I would assume would be just natural through their 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 practice and their sincerity. How does one get? In other words, eventually, isn't it that that the devotee would have to uh, either become aware somehow, you know, or or, or somehow concentrate on a particular um, flavor of relationship? Well, the difference, of course, between uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavism and Sri Sampradaya is the difference between the Ragmark Sampradaya and the Vaidhimark Sampradaya. So. The internal uh, smarnam that is so um, central to Raganuga Bhakti is not central in the same way to Vaidhi Bhakti. Neither are there um, same options available through that practice because the practice culminates in uh, reverential love of God. Uh, in Dasya Bhakti. Hmm? So in Bhaikuntha there's Dasya Bhakti, there's also Shanta Bhakti, but Shanta Bhakti comes from mixed Bhakti. So when you mix Bhakti with Gyan, hmm? then the highest that they will attain is, is, is Shanta Rasa. But um, in uh, a Vaishnava Sampradaya, typically, more typically like Ramanuja, the whole emphasis is, is Dasya Bhakti. And everybody in Vaikuntha, other than these, again, um, coming from a mixture of Gyan and Bhakti, coming from Bhakti itself, they attain Dasya Bhakti. And then they worship different deities also. So, for example, they may worship Vishnu Narayan, they may worship um, Braha, they may worship even Ram. Hmm? So they would attain according to the mantras, and that they receive, they correspond with the deity that they worship. By Sadhusanga, we begin to practice bhakti, following in the footsteps of the sadhus who have inspired us. And they worship a certain deity, so we're going to be worshiping the deity. We're going to receive the mantras for those deities, and we're going to attain, in this case, in that case, Dasya Bhakti of Hanuman or the uh, Dasya Bhakti in, 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 in that would be an that would be an Ayodhya in Ram Lila or um in in Baikunta as uh, servants of Narayana 
and they they get the different perks as possible. There's there, there's different standards, uh, possibilities, slightly, but um, if their bhakti it, it, by association is uh, predominated by prem, then they're going to have dasya bhakti predominated by prem. And so they don't have the options of vatsalya, sakya, madhurya, different types of madhurya, different types of sakya. That's not in the in, in, in the realm of possibility for them, other than um, there are some in the Ramanuja Sampradaya who may attain something like like the queens of Dwarka, which is a form of Vaidhi Bhakti, maybe mixed somewhat with, with Rag Bhakti, but that's all by association. So depends who the, what sadhus they're associating with in, 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 their, in their Sampradaya. So how it, it one attain in other words they the, the attain the culmination of Dasha Bhakti in this in this Sampradaya. Yeah. Then there's never a, a finally a meditation of, of say while still you know in a human human body of this is my service in other words in Vaikuntha right the, the, the service in Vaikuntha there they it's not like that uh, same way um, there is samipya so samipya is a type of mukti in which one can render personal service to Narayan. But um, there's also sarupya, salokya, sarsti, hmm? to have a form like Narayan, to have uh, opulence like like Narayan, salokya, they live on the same planet. So they, 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 they attain these uh, different uh, perks, if you will, and not everybody will attain samipya. But... The Dasya Bhakti is such that they, as explained in Bhagavad Bhagavatamrita, they will accept different forms relative to the service that may be needed at any given time. So if there's a need for birds, they appear as birds. If there's a need for trees, they can appear as trees. They, so it's fluid. It's fluid, but it's Dasya Bhakti. It's a different... different than, than what it takes to attain uh, Goloka. Hmm. Uh, uh, which is very special, uh, the Goloka idea. It's a, it's a, it's more prolonged, right? You even have to take birth in Leela, where Krishna is appearing in the world, and get hands-on association with the, with the, 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 the players, the principal players in the Leela. This is not the. You can go to Bhakti more quickly. Hmm. One, one, I should say also, one of the main emphases in the Ramanuja Sampradaya is Sharanagati, hmm? surrender. So the, the way they discuss things and explain things is somewhat different. So Bhakti Yoga is something in Ramanuja Sampradaya you can do after you've done karma, after you've done jnana, then you can do Bhakti Yoga. Hmm? So they recognize that the, the height of Bhakti not as generosity hmm? as 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 we do, if if you will, um, and um, that said, there is another path within the Ramanuja Sampradaya, which is Sharanagati, and that's especially for people who um, 
there 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 have been some uh, saints in the Ramanuja Sampradaya who don't fit, for example, within the Varnashram. Hmm? And they they just sat out in front of the deity and uh, the temple and uh, you know took what came their way or some of they became Sharanagatas. So there's this, there's examples of them. So there's this the way around everything, so to speak, hmm? um, which would be the normal course and gradual course. They just do Sharanagatas. So it's it's a pretty not prominent aspect. We have it. Included as one of the angas of of bhakti, but it's very prominent in Ramanuja Sampradaya, especially for outcasts, as so-called and 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 whatnot, to do sharanagati. So, Krishna and um, picks them up and their servants, because it's not like in the, the again the identity is. It's not as you see. It's it's not as a it's not a it's 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 vaikuntha. It's not human. It's not human like. So we we kind of project our human sensibilities into it, which we which are there in Goloka, in the Madhurya. It's very human like. Hmm? Vaikuntha is it's not human like. You got a guy that's changing forms and you know, <laughs> and and so there's this this thing called dasya bhakti. You know. Um, it it's uh, the, the, there are some you know def- defined people and so forth, but it's it's not as uh, quite uh, it's not like Golok. Uh, but that's the taste that you get with by your association. Yeah, by, by because they're associated with that yeah. sampradaya, they get a taste for dasya bhakti. I was kind of very interested. At one time, I said to him, I said, you know, my heart, Gaudiya, this this is my heart, my spiritual master. He said, oh. But the Gaudiya paths is very hard. <laughs> 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 it's tough. That was the English word. Yeah. Tough. Interesting. <laughs> you know, like, you know, because it was the perspective. You know what I mean? I was like, I'd be trying to understand the perspective of different Vaishnava. Yeah. Some Pradayas, you know, the beings, yeah, yeah. Brahmas that were, you know, members of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What's the time? Okay, we'll stop there. Shri Shri Gaurada Madhava Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai.